2: AFA at the core, Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you this afternoon on this wonderful Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. I don't think you have to wait till Thursday to be thankful. we got to be thankful every day. Actually, uh, you know, I've been reading a little bit about this lately and just the whole idea of how the brain works. When you have a heart of gratitude, depression is impossible. Isn't that crazy? Not crazy. I mean, that's the design, that's the way God made us. When we're thankful, when we have, uh, you know, a, a grateful heart, for whatever we have, however little or however much that is, it just makes it impossible for that part of the brain to allow us to be in depression. So there you go. I, I I know for me, you know, my mom always said when I was down or whatever, you know, she was like count your blessings one by one. And then it was always go do something nice for somebody else. You do that, then you won't be down or won't be focused on yourself. So there you go. There's two life lessons for you here on Thanksgiving week. Be grateful and then go look for a way to serve somebody else. All right, let's jump in. We got a lot of headlines today to cover. Uh, and uh, also, of course, want to get to your phone calls. Phone number is 888-589-8840. But let's just hit a few of these. The FDA says that telling people not to take ivermectin for COVID-19 was just a suggestion, just a recommendation. We, you know, we just kind of lightly threw it out there. Does anyone believe that? They absolutely threatened people. If they talked about ivermectin, they absolutely said you're an idiot if you take ivermectin. They put pictures on their own social media of horses and cows and said, you are not a horse, you are not a cow, do not take ivermectin. Don't tell me it was just a recommendation. They set the tone. They and, of course, NIH and, most importantly, it was that arrogant, pompous fraud named anthony fauci more than anyone else that dismissed ivermectin and laughed and mocked and and belittled you if you actually decided to take something that would work because he was too busy lying to the american people about how the vaccines were safe and effective which we of course now know uh, not only are they not safe they are not effective and uh, we see the results uh, even now let's see study today out in uh, i think it's italy yes italy Has measured this uh, covered 850 something thousand uh, different people, and uh, they have decided or decided they have reported uh, that the vaccine effectiveness for the fourth dose. (laughs) I, I mean, you gotta laugh, folks. Come on. I mean, have we lost our common sense so much that this supposed vaccine, which is supposed to give you immunity? That you have to constantly take it over and over and over again so that Big Pharma can continue to make a bunch of money. Anyway, the fourth dose, according to this study, uh, ineffective for elderly people. Almost no protection for elderly from the fourth dose of COVID-19 vaccine. And those are the people we're supposed to be protecting. Those are the ones that are vulnerable. Had we paid attention to the Barrington Declaration and focused in on those who were elderly from the beginning instead of forcing all of the um, insanity on kids who are not even vulnerable to this virus and on uh, young adults and healthy young adults, um, then, you know, we would have saved the the world a whole lot of problems. Anyway, this study, once again, this is the second one uh, that I'm aware of in just the last week or two that shows how ineffective, not effective, not safe and effective, Um, not so safe and not so effective, uh, the vaccine is, and uh, this one out of Italy. The first one, let's see, the first one was from uh, the UK. So both the UK and Italy saying fourth dose, uh, you know, just basically a waste of time and money. So there you go. That's another one of the lies that uh, Anthony Fauci, of course, perpetrated on the American people. Um, and, and, And not only did he keep us from having the actual treatments like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, budesonide—I mean, all the different things—and and I'm not saying any one of those is a silver bullet. There's no such thing in medicine. That's why when you actually practice medicine, uh, you have a—you a, know—a a lot of options, and you try different things with your patients. And the doctors that were allowed to do that had great success. Uh, I've interviewed doctors that had not a single patient die on them because they actually practiced medicine. They—they tra- they used all these different things, and it was because of Anthony Fauci and because of the NIH and because of the FDA that state agencies actually stripped doctors of their licenses, actually removed people, pharmacies that would not actually even uh, let you fulfill a prescription for some of these things. I know my dad's life was saved because of a doctor that basically let the pharmacy have it because they would not issue hydroxychloroquine for him and she knew that was what he needed in his case ultimately finally got it for him this was back in August of 2020 Um, you know but but the pharmacies were the 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 agencies I mean they were all following the bad advice of the federal government. This is why, folks, I talk over and over and over again about the constitutional jurisdictions of government. And when government is inside its lane, when it's doing what we gave it permission to do, it's a blessing. When it's doing what God created it to do, it's a blessing. When it gets outside its lane, it's an absolute curse. When it gets outside of its authority that the people gave it, it's an absolute curse. And the federal government was an absolute curse when it came to COVID. They made it far worse than it ever would have been. This is why, when you go back to 1918, Spanish flu in 1918, 25 times more deadly than COVID, and the federal government did nothing, nothing, zero, not a single penny spent by the federal government to try to save people from uh, Spanish flu, a far, far worse than COVID. Uh, no stickers that said, stay six feet away, how the world survived without their six foot social distancing stickers. I have no idea. Actually, I know exactly why, because we left it to states and local governments. And most importantly, we left it to people. We left it to the individual to make those decisions. So the federal government was not involved. Woodrow Wilson was president, a progressive. You think he would have loved to have had micromanaged every American? Absolutely he would have, but he didn't because he didn't have the constitutional authority to do so. And people understood that back then because we studied the constitution. In fact, he never even mentioned Spain. Spanish flu, even when he got it himself. And we were far better off in 1918 as a result of the federal government not involved. Because of Anthony Fauci and because of the federal government's involvement, we shut down earth. We stopped the world. And the amount of deaths, lost businesses, economic disaster, suicides, child development stunted, uh, just, just all kinds of evil and wrong and awful things that came as a result of the federal government being outside of its lane. This should be a take-home lesson for all of us. Jurisdiction of government matters. We must know what the proper function of government is. We must know who has authority to make decisions for us, for our families, for our our communities, and most of the time the authority is you. God has has given you the authority to make those. That's why self-government is so important and then as parents the authority over the children, and then local leaders over the community in the neighborhood, and then state leaders over the state. So if we know the jurisdictions of government, we don't make the mistakes that we made over the last two and a half years. And at the center of all of those mistakes, the number one figure was Pope Anthony Fauci. That's right, he's a fraud, but he's the pope of the cult religion of covid that we allowed to take place in this country and allowed the government to micromanage. And the White House today is singing their praises of Anthony Fauci, despite the fact that this man did more damage to the United States than any other single individual in the history of the United States. And I can back that up for you with the data and with the facts. There is absolutely no doubt Anthony Fauci caused more death, more damage, more lost businesses, more damage to all of it was this man. And the things that he said and the way that he pushed the White House in both administrations, both Biden and Trump. So Trump doesn't get off the hook on this thing. It was in his White House that Anthony Fauci was given the the, the green light and given control over these things. But today's White House. Oh, my goodness. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is this is, uh, you know, uh, 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 Jean-Pierre, uh, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. And uh, she's just showering her pope her, 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 her example of 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 the science. He is the science for these people. They worship him, uh, and so here was her lavishing praise. Let's see if I can find it. All of this nonsense that she showered him with oh oh oh. by the way one other before I get to to get to the embarrassment of of, of Anthony Fauci one other ridiculous legacy of Anthony Fauci as he prepares to leave the federal government at the age of 80 finally highest paid member of the federal government does the most damage to our nation uh, of anyone in history but now now they are once again saying we need to mask yep yep all of the all of the evidence all of the science all of the data says what a waste. All the damage, the cost-benefit analysis, there is no question that when you do a cost-benefit analysis, the masks are an absolute disaster. And yet, this your federal government, still outside its lane, is now saying they want to encourage or mandate masking again in order to stop long COVID. This is unbelievable. So the report was commissioned by Health and Human Services. Uh, you know, these are the, the, the these, of course, you know, the the, the champion over here is uh, Assistant Health Secretary Rachel. Uh, not so womanly man Levine, um, you know, you uses a manly man. Well, this is a womanly man, but a man, nonetheless, nonetheless, Assistant Health Secretary Rachel. The man Levine um, is all for this mass manating and how it's going to supposedly uh, help people avoid long covid. Uh, this is crazy, folks. Uh, this is this is this is your lie. Don't believe your lying eyes is what they're trying to say to you. If you are still wearing a mask at this point, I'm sorry. You're not using logic. You have been with your mask for so long that the oxygen to your brain has has given you a lack of reasoning skills. That's the only way I can explain it for people at at this point. Um, it it just makes no sense. But that is the result of Anthony Fauci. All of this is his legacy. So here's the White House. just oh my goodness here we go here's here she is as you all know dr fauci's retiring next month and i'm honored so honored she says to have him join me today one more time one last time at the podium for so many americans throughout our fight with covid dr fauci has been a source of information and facts but dr fauci's leadership and legacy stretch far beyond the past couple of years whether it be HIV AIDS, Ebola or COVID-19, for close to four decades and under seven Republican and Democrat presidents, Dr. Fauci has always led with the science and our country is stronger and healthier because of his leadership. Folks, i every line in in that is a lie. This is the biggest gaslighting in the in the history of mankind. I mean, this is the ministry of truth. This is the the, the Orwellian rewriting of history. To stand there with a straight face and say these things about Anthony Fauci, he completely, it was a complete debacle with AIDS. Everybody knows that. He, everything that he's done has been a debacle. He lied to the American people about masks. He lied to the American people about the vaccines. He lied to the American people about the origins of COVID 19. And when a reporter tried to ask about the origins of COVID 19, oh, Oh, Jean-Pierre just had to jump in and and defend her pope and not even allow the question to be asked. She literally shut down the press and would not let them ask him about that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, folks. This is the biggest fraud and the and 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 the and the, the, the man that did more damage, again, I'll say it again, than any other human being in the history of the United States, and this White House is is just heaping praise on this guy. Well, here's what I have to say to Dr. Anthony Fauci. January's coming, buddy. January is coming. And the Republicans will have control of the United States House and the investigations will begin. So you better find a cabin in the woods and hide out because they are going to bring the truth to the forefront. They are going to investigate this man and I wish it was Ron uh, Rand Paul over on the Senate side that was doing it. Uh, but it's going to happen on the House side despite the fact that we didn't take the Republicans did not take the Senate. And because the Republicans did take the House, this investigative power is the most important thing that they will end up doing. And they've already already made it very clear that they plan to do that with uh, specifically um, the uh, president and Hunter Biden and 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 that whole scam. I'll talk a little bit about that when we come back from the break, as as well as uh, some of the other things that the Republican House is, is claiming they're going to do. Kevin McCarthy's uh, I think he's starting off fairly strong. You know, if you listen to the program, I'm, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't sure he was the right guy for this, but he's starting out pretty strong. He's actually talking about removing some of these uh, compromised members of Congress from the Intelligence Committee. We'll talk about that as well, but we'll also get to your phone calls. 888-589-8840 is the phone number. 888-589-8840. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, and you are listening to AFA at the Core. Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight,
1: why the bush is not burned. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton
2: Minute. In the burning bush encounter, scripture records that it began as Moses kept Jethro's flock. When the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, he called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Notice God didn't speak to Moses until he gave full attention to what God was trying to show him. Diligent attention to daily duty is necessary.
1: We must be careful, however, not to allow duty to become an idol. Are our hearts still sensitive to God? Can God still get our attention? Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III. Public Policy Analyst for the American Family Association.
3: This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. If you've recently felt ill, then you know the mental health risks of searching your symptoms on WebMD. A headache becomes a potential terminal illness within minutes of research. If your girl hears concerning information on the news or in an adult's conversation, be mindful of her tendency to jump to conclusions. Human life is not without risk or hardship. Rather, the opposite is true. But the mark of a godly girl is to navigate difficulty with peace in her heart. Isaiah 26.3 reminds us this peace comes from keeping our minds fixed on God and His Word. If jumping to conclusions or overwhelming anxiety plagues your girl, it might be helpful to reach out to a Christian counselor who can expertly guide her into a healthy heart and mindset. Want to learn more? Read about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com.
0: This is Bible League International, urging you to support our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. In the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Pastor Russo's three children were kidnapped and murdered by a terrorist cell that hates Christians. Instead of retaliating, the church shared the gospel with neighboring villages And what you know at 200 have come to Christ. Some of those affiliated with that terrorist cells, they're praying for Bibles. And elsewhere, Ephraim's store was destroyed in Cairo, Egypt, by radicals opposing the Christian tracts that he displayed on the counter of his convenience store. He has no money to rebuild, but he has shared the gospel with those who persecuted him, inviting them to Bible studies in his home, and over a hundred have come to Christ in the Middle East. They're praying for Bibles. Our goal is to bless 16,000 Bibleless persecuted believers with their very own copy of God's Word. We're a third of the way there, so at $5 a Bible, $100 since 20 in this season of giving, would you pray about it and then call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or give it sendbiblesnow.org, sendbiblesnow.org. AFA at
1: the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
2: Welcome back to AFA at the Core. Rick Green with you this afternoon. Phone number to call is 888-589-8840. We are running through the headlines for today. We were just talking about the House and how investigations will begin as soon as the new Congress is sworn in right after the first of the year. And apparently, um, looks like man, they're going all in. I mean, uh, you, you look at what Jordan and Comey are saying; they're 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 not they're not holding back. So they're definitely going after the Biden family and and exposing the the corruption that's been there. Uh, it was interesting to see, um, and I and I don't have this headline pulled up, but I read an article this morning that um, one of the typical drive by media craze, you know, left uh, sold out to the leftist media, had an article saying that, you know, there was absolutely no evidence that uh, that Joe Biden was involved at all. And and uh, and apparently Jonathan Turley called him on that and said, you know, that's uh, you're ignoring all of these things that are there that you know are there. And they at least deleted that part from their article. So who knows? The media may end up eventually turning on Biden, uh, even though they have protected him, it protected his incompetence, protected his his corruption, protected all of those things, all this time, um, we're now at a point where he is he is such a liability, and they they know they need to uh, get him off the stage and get someone else, and, and I mean by someone else, someone other than Kamala Harris. Um, On the stage. So I did see one article here who would be the Democratic presidential nominee in 2024 if 80 year old Biden bows out. It does. I I laugh when people actually say if 80 year old Biden bows out, I've said since January of 2021, there is zero chance, zero chance that Joe Biden will be the Democrat nominee in 2024. That is just ridiculous to even think this guy is a, a a walking zombie right now. There is no way he will be the nominee in, in 2024. And there's also too much young ambition coming up through the Democrat ranks to let that happen, let alone the fact that he's just, I mean, I I understand, I understand he, you know, was able to to hide in his base, basement for the 2020 election and not show that he was already losing his, his mental faculties and his functioning skills. Uh, but you, you're just not going to be able to play that song again. It's just not going to happen. So I do think it's an interesting exercise to be thinking about who could be the nominee at this point, and and of course, you know, a lot of people say Kamala Harris. I I don't see that. I think I think she's you know, um, well, I, I mean, I, I, it could happen, but I I just don't think so. I think there's too many there, there's too many governors, there's too many others that I think will will be the better candidates in 2024 for the Democrats. But the names that are being thrown out, uh, Pete Buttigieg, I. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, I you know, I, I think that would be an embarrassment for the nation. He's been inept as transportation secretary and, you know, the the obviously uh, the homosexual marriage. I mean, all of those things. I, I just don't see him uh, making it. But, you know, could be Bernie Sanders again. I mean, I, you know, two times, three times. How many times we've we been through this one? He's 81 years old. Not a chance. I don't I don't see that one. Um, you know, Democrat governor. So Newsom, Whitmer. I mean, Whitmer, that would be hilarious. Uh, it would be awful for the country if she actually won. But she would be a fun nominee uh, to go against. And same with Gavin Newsom. Now, I mentioned the other day, uh, I do think crazy. Call me crazy. But I do think there's a scenario where they find a reason to get Kamala out of there. She has to resign. And therefore, Biden is able to um, you know, name his new VP. And that could be a Newsom or a Whitmer. Uh, And then, ultimately, he resigns and that person becomes acting, not only acting president, but actual president and is able to run for 2024 as the president. If I were in charge of the Democrat Party, that's what I would be pushing for. That would be the best hand that they could play. I don't know if they'll actually do that. So, anyway, Congress president, boy, a lot going on. Oh, McCarthy. I was going to mention this. He has uh, vowed to remove uh, Schiff and Swalwell from their committee. So, you know, if you're Having an affair with a Chinese agent, you probably should not be on the Intelligence Committee in Congress. And as Kevin McCarthy has said, this guy could not get a security clearance in the public sector anywhere. Why would Congress allow him to have all the secrets for America? Uh, and he says he will he will not allow Swalwell to be on the Intelligence Committee anymore. He says he's also going to remove Schiff for misleading the American people on the January 6th committee lied to the American people time and time again, McCarthy says. He says we will not allow him to be on the intel committee, and then has talked about removing uh, Omar for anti-Semitic statements and anti-American statements. So um, that's that's kind of a, it's not that he can do it single-handedly, they have to actually vote on this, But it, but typically if he, as the Speaker of the House, For the, you know, for the Republican Party uh, moves to do this than the than the party votes to do so. Nancy did this, uh, of course, several times, removing the Republican choices to be on the January 6th committee and and other examples. Marjorie Taylor Greene lost her committee assignments early on. Um, So the Democrats did this a lot. Pelosi did this a lot. Um, So. I I think McCarthy will do it. I, I think it's another sign, another good sign, right? The investigations are a good sign. The fact that he's willing to do this is a good sign. Republicans have not played hardball in the past. They need to play hardball. They need to be tough. They need to use the rules. I'm not saying violate the rules. I'm not saying be unethical. Of course not. But you've got to use the rules. You've got to play as hard as you can within the rules that you've been given. You know, it's like somebody saying, your baseball player that that bunting is not fair because that surprises the infield they're expecting you to swing away I mean that's silly of course you ought to bunt when you see that third baseman playing too far back and you've got the opportunity to to lay one down and make it to first place I mean to, to first base I, I I think Republicans haven't done that in the past they haven't played smart they haven't played hardball they haven't done the scratching and clawing that you need to do to win and I think all of these are signs that they they just may do so. They just may do so. All right, let's go to the phones. Our first call today, and by the way, if you want to call in, is 888-589-8840. Phone number again, 888-589-8840. First call coming in from Georgia. We've got Lee in Georgia. Go ahead, Lee.
1: Uh, hey, I appreciate you uh, being willing to take my call. That's a little bit off subject, but um, I've been bothered about the fact that there's so little information about those police cadets in California being run over. There's a whole lot more coverage of other stories in Idaho and Colorado Springs. This was a tragedy, and the only thing I've heard about it is they're saying that the perpetrator was a wrong-way driver. Uh, It doesn't add up to me. Do you have any explanation as to why this is getting so little coverage?
2: I don't. I, you know, I was as you as I was looking at the notes uh, about what you were calling in on. I was wondering. I had not uh, looked today, or actually the last couple of days, to get an update on it. The, the thing that bothered me the most was that he was released immediately without an investigation. Uh, they they said apparently it's because the prosecutors are so bad in that area. They wanted to make sure they had their case rock solid. Uh, that still seems to me the guy should be should have been held. Uh, I see one headline saying that his attorney is claiming he fell asleep. Now that that I don't know how you fall asleep and go up the wrong side uh, of the of the road on a on a one way, uh, but that's what apparently they're going to claim. That's all I know at this point. I do think it probably um, has been you know not discussed as much as it should be. I, and and I forget it was what twenty eight injured or I mean it was twenty five that were injured. And um and we're talking about careers ruined. I mean we're talking about lost limbs. We're talking about um, you know major major injuries here. So that's all I know at this point, Lee. If anybody's got any more details on that, feel free to call in 5, uh, 512. i started to give you an Austin number. 888-589-8840 is the phone number. Next up is Dana in Gainesville, Texas. Yeah, where's all my Texas callers? Yesterday I had a ton of calls and not one from Texas. That was just weird. We usually have a ton from Texas. So, Dana, thanks for getting us started with a Texas call here on a second caller in. Go ahead.
3: Absolutely. We've
0: usually got a lot to say. That's right. Um, yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm calling about Kevin McCarthy, and my understanding, and I may be wrong, but my understanding is that he's been designated, but he's not formally elected yet. Is that correct? That's that's correct. So I think we all need to be in touch with our representatives and really encourage them to consider alternatives. And I know these long-term players like McCarthy and uh, Nancy Pelosi, they, they, they know how to play ball, they know how to twist arms, and they know where the bodies are buried. And they know how to get people to fall in line. But I think we would be so much better off. This man did a lot of things he should not have done if he's truly a conservative and if he's truly a believer. And, I mean, we're all going to make mistakes. But I believe these things he's saying now, he's just placating. He's trying to get people to go along with him and not call their representatives. So I would say call your people and express your concerns.
2: Yeah, Dana, I'm not a I'm not an inside baseball guy on this one. I, I I've talked to a few members uh, and a members elect, um, but I I think it's the uh, the ship has sailed at this point. I think the the one chance they had when the caucus met last week uh, to to have somebody else win uh, d- didn't even get close. And you know my my Congressman Chip Roy, who I think is absolutely fantastic, um, definitely pushed hard to have somebody else become the speaker and and, and some of the other leadership positions as well. And it just didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't have the vote. So I, I think it's, it's done. Even though the official vote, of course, doesn't take place until they're all sworn in in January, uh, and then the, then the actual vote takes place. But at this point, I think he's pretty well Speaker Elect, and and, and going to be acting as, as Speaker. Now, I, 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 will say there are still some races that have not been called. There, there's several in California. There's, uh, there, there's, I think at least. Um, at least four close ones that haven't been called. You got Alaska is still doing their you know goofy uh, ranked choice voting. I guess Palin still has a chance of winning that one, but it's more than likely going to go to the to the how uh, the Democrat candidate uh, because of that rank choice system. Uh, the Bobert one they haven't actually called. I guess even though the Democrat conceded and is not asking for the recount to go forward. So I don't know why the media. Hasn't called that one yet. They, they, they may That may have changed in the last few hours, uh, but as far as I know, it had not been called. Um, and then two of them are in California. One of those is Kevin Kiley, who ran for governor and uh, now for Congress. Looks like he's definitely going to win that one, but it's a slow count because of all the mail-in ballots. And so it hasn't officially been called. All of that to say, right now the Republicans are only sitting at 219, I think it is. And, uh, and so I think they'll end up at 221, 222, maybe. But uh, but it, all of that to say, you're right. You're absolutely right, Dana. It's not official, official yet, but it's pretty well done for, and I don't think a change will, will happen there. And and I and I, you know, if you listen to the program, I've been a critic of Kevin McCarthy's. I I, I really am am still concerned that it's not the uh, the as bold as what I would like to see. I would love to see a Jim Jordan or a a Chip Roy or somebody like that as speaker. Then you would see a real uh, aggressive. Um, Republican Party suddenly, and then and that would cause more people to want to vote for the Republicans. It would give momentum going into 2024. So I think McCarthy's going to be one of those that kind of dances back and forth. There'll be days when he's aggressive, and then days he's playing it safe. And uh, but you know what? Let's pray for the best. And a lot of it's who surrounds him, and a lot of it's you know because this turned out so close because we didn't end up with a a very you know a huge majority in the House that everybody thought was going to happen with the red tsunami because it's close. McCarthy needs the Freedom Caucus, and so he can't dismiss those guys. He has to. They they've got a lot more influence and power on what's going to happen in the House than they would have had. So in a way, it's a blessing in disguise that the race uh, that the you know elections turned out like they did. Next caller is Joshua in Arkansas. Joshua, thanks for calling in from the land of the hogs. Go for it, man. Yes, sir. Rick, it's
4: always a pleasure anytime you're seated at the table to get to hear from you. Always very informative and, and on point. I was going to comment on uh, tr- uh, Trump, and I, I believe that it, it, not to make any excuses, just calling it for what it is, but I believe after he got in there that uh, the swamp was a little deeper than what we realized, uh, and I think he was a little bit Ill, ill-informed, ill almost certain of it, but when he utilized the Stafford Act... Uh, on that first stimulus check, I think, uh, you know, reading up on that thing, it was wrote up in in 88 on uh, times of uh, national emergency and crisis and so on and so forth. Uh, But I think it kind of tied his hands on what he could do in a lot of different ways from there because you could definitely tell and see his frustration. And I I also think that, uh, you know, Republicans are going to have to get some skin in the game but the, the swamp was definitely deeper you could look at how many would stand together in times of adversity there were just very few you know Cruz and Holly and and DeSantis and you know they the rest of them just all went along with uh, the bad play there it looks
2: yeah I think I uh it, so yes yeah man so so I, many things you said are, are right on Joshua 100 percent. you know uh, definitely swamp deeper than than people thought I think Trump ran into a lot of the things that Ronald Reagan ran into when he got elected in 81 in terms of, you know, trying to get things done and realizing the bureaucracy is so entrenched. The fourth branch, I call it, Uh, they, they, they have so much power and they're so unaccountable. Uh, that it that it is it is difficult, and it's why it'll take longer than just one administration. It's also why I always advocate for saying, you know, it's not going to be electing people to Washington D.C. that saves our country. We have to do a convention of states. We have to restore constitutional jurisdictions and limitations. We have to re, you know define once again the authority of the federal government, state, and local government. That can only be done from outside Washington. They'll never put themselves back in the box. So, yes, the swamp is way deeper than anybody thought it was. Uh, and and you're right. I mean, the Stafford Act, I mean, listen, this whole idea that the federal government is going to step in on all of these disasters, it's the disaster relief and emergency you know, uh, acts that have, I think, given government way too much power. I even remember looking back, I mean, in Katrina, the, the wasted billions and billions and billions of dollars that were spent, um, the, 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 just the trailers and the, and the park models and the, uh, uh, that sat and never even got used that we paid for to have built to provide housing for people and then they never even got used or in some cases they got used for a month or two and then they sat on these lots in Louisiana and Texas and all these places. I mean just the waste when government gets involved and does things that it should never uh, it was never designed to do, especially the federal government. I mean there are t- you know local and state government is a different argument for what they can and should do in the, in, in in emergencies, but the federal government is ill equipped and the problem is people thought all the way back to that, that what you're talking about, Joshua, in, in 88 with the Stafford Act, uh, to now uh, this mindset shifted to thinking the federal government will be better at this stuff. You know, if we could just coordinate this, if we can just get these really smart people in a room, they're smarter than us. You know, Anthony Fauci is the science. We, we don't need people in the local communities deciding this stuff. We need the science. We need the, the, the pope, the man, Fauci, to decide for everybody. And it's the same way with all these other disaster things. These supposed experts at the federal level are going to save everybody. It's never proven to be true. And, and COVID proved it to be the exact opposite. So I'm hoping it's a game changer and a shift so that people realize the federal government is not equipped to do these things. And these powers should not be... They've never been given at the federal level. They've just been taken by the federal government. We've never authorized a constitutional amendment to give these things to the federal government. They've always been state and local. The feds stole these powers. They took these powers for themselves. And that's why Colonel George Mason stood up on September 17th at the Constitutional Convention and said, hey, we've got to have a way to take power back if the feds ever steal power from us. You can't expect the feds to give up power they stole from us. And that's why Convention of States is so, so important. Joshua, so good, man. You, you hit it spot on. I got to say, go, hogs, go, man. Go, Razorbacks. Uh, I love getting calls from Arkansas, originally from Arkansas. And by the way, Bryce Mitchell, great UFC fighter from Arkansas as well. All right, let's take a quick break. More of your calls when we come back. Phone number that you need is 888 589 8840. That's 888 589 8840. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you. Stay with us. We'll be right back on AFA at the core.
3: Dear 1 million moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the submit
2: trash button at 1millionmoms.com. That's 1millionmoms.com. And thanks.
0: In churches, in a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing.
1: In his image,
0: with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event.
1: To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the host an event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation researcher with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, where is the Garden of Eden today? Chris, we don't know. The location of the Garden of Eden is forever lost. After Adam and Eve were expelled from the Garden, God placed an angel to guard the entrance so that no one could go there again. There is no such place on earth that is guarded by a fearsome angel. The Bible does tell us, however, that in the days of Noah, the world was totally restructured by that great flood. All landmarks to the previous world were destroyed. The earth was completely restructured by that flood, so we wouldn't expect to find the Garden of Eden. While the names of the rivers that are given in Genesis do correspond to modern-day river names, they don't actually correspond to any known rivers. Chris, let's go back to Genesis and think carefully about what it teaches there. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
2: We're back here on AFA at the core. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you this afternoon. And uh, your phone uh, phone number to call is 888-589-8840. One more headline before we go back to the phones. White House dismisses visiting southern border as a political stunt for Republicans. So if you if you visit the border to see the worst crisis in America, uh, 5.5 million illegals into the United States uh, since biden took the presidency a uh, million of them we don't know who they are or where they are they're called gotaways we see them on the you know uh, the the night vision and everything but they're you know who knows who those million people are i'm sure they're all wonderful law abiding citizens that are just coming here to work and frankly most of them are exactly that they're not law abiding citizens but they're coming here to work and do better for their family but shouldn't we know who they are it ought to be a thousand times easier to get in this country legally and a thousand times harder to get in this country illegally so that you can you know let people in to come work you track them they have a have an actual you know card and 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 you know you know who they are and where they are but this idea of just opening the borders and letting everybody come in it's it's given the cartels a place for all of their crime they're the ones winning on this deal kids are being sex trafficked women are i mean it's awful the stuff that's happening is awful and this arrogant clown show in the White House, the press secretary, Karine Jean Pierre, dismissed the idea of actually going to the border. Joe Biden has not been once. Two years into his presidency, he's allowing this debacle. He should be impeached over what's happening at the border, and he hasn't been there once. It's an embarrassment for our nation, and it is criminal what's been allowed to happen. But that's your current. White House. Okay, so let's uh, let's go back to the phones. Enough of that, man. I'm, I'm, I'm too much on the bad and the ugly today. I need to get to some good. You know, I, I definitely will end with some good before we're done today. Let's go back to the phones. Let's see. We had uh, Joshua in Arkansas. So next up is Chad in Mississippi. Chad, go for it, man. What's your comment, question, or insult today? Hello, Brother Rick. How are you today? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. I'd like to get to your class one of these days. Oh, I'd love for you to take I'm one of our classes.
1: All right. My question is: How many people in the so-called January sixth uh, insurrection have been charged with insurrection? Yeah, uh, and those are still in. How many people are still in jail that have never even had a court case?
2: That's right. That's right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna modify your question slightly. Um, uh, charged with insurrection or convicted of insurrection? You know, they they have they have uh, made up all kinds of uh, charges for the, the not the Proud Boys the. Um, uh, oh, I just blanked on the uh, the group that, um, uh, Oath Keepers, uh, all made up all kinds of charges for those guys. But you know what? You just hit on the point that gets me so riled up about this issue on January 6th. The idea that their Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendment rights have been just shredded. These people that had all kinds of searches and seizures, had all kinds of, 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 uh, of inability to exercise their, their due process rights, to, to, to interview, to call witnesses, to, to, to even see their attorneys sometimes, the, the abuse that they took in the gulag in Washington, D.C. because they wouldn't get the COVID jab. And we're talking about veterans for the most part. 72% of those who, ha- who are being held are veterans and law enforcement. And they are being treated worse than we treat actual terrorists at Gitmo. It it is an absolute shame what is happening. Shame, shame, shame on this president, this administration, on on Merrick Garland, on the Department of Justice, on the the jail, uh, on every officer that that is a, a working those those uh, those jails at the at the gulag in Washington D.C. and the way that they've treated these guys. And 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 the and the crazy thing is these 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 people that have been treated like this for two years. Many of them in solitary confinement for months at a time, not allowed to see their attorney, not allowed to shave, not allowed to shower. I mean, the stuff they've done to them has been awful. And yet, you can hear them singing the national anthem and singing God Bless America. And still, I, it, it's just, someday, someday, the stories will finally be told. But it is evil what's happened to them. And, and I appreciate you bringing it up. Um, you know, Chad, I, I don't talk about it enough. I wish I talked about it more. I, I told the story of... of um of one of these guys, Spec Ops guy that the twenty years in the military, did not hurt anybody, uh, did not attack anybody, did not even go into the Capitol, Jeremy Brown's his name, uh, and and a year over a year in the gulag and still no trial. Uh, you know, what happened to Speedy Trial? You know, what happened to, uh, to, to to the things that we say we we are willing to fight and die for in the Bill of Rights, and yet for the very people that, 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 that go around the world and defend us, we have not Given those given those rights to it's 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 shameful. It's absolutely shameful. And the whole idea that it was an insurrection, the whole the whole the whole Twitter thing, we talked about it yesterday, proves that they've been lying about the president, lying about what actually happened on January 6th. Uh, in fact, here's another one for you. This guy, uh, uh, David Valadeo, he's a congressman out of California, Republican, one of the— I think he might be the only Republican that voted for impeachment that's actually going back to Congress. The rest of them resigned or got defeated in the in the election. He barely won re-election. But here's what he said. He said, President Trump was without question a driving force in the catastrophic events that took place on January 6th by encouraging masses of rioters to incite violence on elected officials— Staff members and our representative democracy as a whole. What? 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 Where? Where is the evidence of that? Encouraging masses of rioters to incite violence on elected officials—that is a flat-out lie, Congressman Valadeo. You are lying to the American people because you're repeating the lies of the January 6th Show Trial Committee that has been lying to the American people about this. And when, when, when. Donald Trump's Twitter account was opened back up by Elon Musk last weekend. We all got to see the evidence. We all got to see that, in fact, he did not encourage anyone to do violence. He said the opposite. He said be peaceful. He said we are the party of law and order. He said treat the officers with respect. Stand with the blue. I mean, this, this, the fact that this guy got reelected is going back to Congress after he lied to the American people like that. Uh, I'd rather have, a, have a, the Democrat win than, than this guy. At this point, so Chad, thank you very much for reminding me of of those things, and uh, and 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 of course, we all know it. If you actually look at the facts and you watch the videos, there was no insurrection. Nobody took over a government. There was it was the there was not a, nobody was armed. How do you have an insurrection and take over a government without any weapons? I mean, it's just a joke. It's just an absolute joke. It was an out of control frat party. People got hurt and uh, things got broken, and it shouldn't have happened. But an insurrection, I mean. Uh, th- these guys have made an absolute um, mockery of words and the truth and and the Constitution and um, uh, you know hopefully Lord willing this Republican Congress will will actually investigate the people that that told the lies and that that allowed this narrative to go on as long as they as long as they did. Chad, great call. Appreciate you calling him in, man. All right, let's go uh, back to Texas. This is Karen in Abilene, Texas. Karen, go ahead.
3: Hi Rick, how are you today?
2: Doing great. Thanks for calling in. Uh,
3: okay, great. Thank you. I'll keep this brief. Um, I, I I won't. I don't want to dovetail off of the uh, McCarthy thing because I feel like uh, I'm from South Texas, basically. I even though I'm in Abilene, so um, the whole border thing. I'm not going to get off on that. But uh, I want to know about Abbott and with the winter coming up and everything. I mean, if you know anything. I feel like Abbott and McCarthy are in the same boat. I mean, the same mold <laughs>
2: yeah. and the
3: rhinos, basically. Um, we had no choice. I voted for Allen in the, the primaries. But um, my question is, do you, what do you know about the dealings with the ERCOT? Because my understanding is Abbott had a lot of friends that got rich off of the electrical grid, I mean, off the electricity companies. And what happened to them as far as um, – can you shed some light on after snowbid is what we call it? You know, down yeah. here,
2: um, snowmageddon.
3: After snowbid,
2: <laughs> snowbid and Yeah, snowbid. <laughs> it, yeah.
3: yeah well, I, I, I don't you know, Karen, they, I have they, to. They were I have not to, held accountable.
2: Yeah, I have to claim a little bit of ignorance here. I have not studied this one as much as I should, especially being a being a Texan. I should. I should actually get Senator Bob Hall to come on the program. He's the one that's um, a friend of mine, actually a Patriot Academy graduate, came to our Patriot Academy uh, Citizen Track uh, 10 or 12 years ago before he ran for Senate. But um, he's really an expert on this, and he's the one that's been shouting from the rooftops that we need to strengthen our grid, and there's even a movie out now about it. Um, really, really uh, great guy. So I, I tell you what, I will follow up on, on this, and, and we'll get him on the show, and we'll talk about it. Uh, but you're right, probably not a lot of accountability uh, at that point. They, they, they. Uh, there's definitely a, a lobbying uh, um, let's just say a swinging door there for a lot of money that that, that flows in that uh, in that arena. Um, I totally agree with your assessment of, of Greg Abbott. Definitely um, a typical politician, and he only seems to do the right thing whenever we push him that way, and the winds are blowing that way. Which is why we need to blow harder in the right direction. And the border is specifically one of those things. So he's finally moving the right direction, at least with his rhetoric. Now that he's admitted and 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 you know actually uh, claimed. Uh, the same thing that we've said for, for years now, that there is, in fact, um, a state power to repel an invasion in Article 1, Section 10. And so he's he's moving the right direction. We'll see if he actually does those things uh, that we're asking uh, for to be done under under that clause. So anyway, I, I will try to follow up, Karen, and, and, and do a show on that in the coming weeks uh, to, to dive a little bit further into that. OK, let's go to uh, Kevin in Arkansas. So we're going back to the land of the Razorbacks. Kevin, go ahead.
4: Uh, yes. Uh, you've been talking about the Con- Convention of States a while ago is how many it takes and what it takes to do that.
2: Good question, man. Good question. It's uh, This is an Article 5 of the Constitution. There's two ways to amend the Constitution. The first way is Congress proposes an amendment with a two-thirds vote, and that's just a suggestion. They suggest an amendment. It goes out to all 50 states, and 38 of them have to ratify it. The second way to do an amendment, and because Congress, of course, will never propose term limits or reduction of their power or sending, you know, certain things back to the states, they want to keep all the power. So what what Colonel Mason set up in, in Article Five is a way for the states to do this without the feds involved at all. And so, 34 states have to ask for a convention. They have to actually all say we want a convention of states. We want all the other, all the states to come together for a suggestion convention. And then the convention happens. so it's 34 is the first big number to, to recognize. And then the convention happens and at the convention, it's 26 votes. so you got to have 26. you got to have a simple majority of the states to propose an amendment to suggest an amendment. Then it goes back to all the states and 38 of the 50 states have to say yes. So it's a three step process. 34 states in step one. 26 states in step two, 38 states in, in step three. So far, we're still in step one. We've got 19 states that have called for it, so we've got 15 more to go to get to that magic number of 34. And Lord willing, we're going to get there in the next couple of years and finally be able to right the ship and and uh, put those jurisdictions back in place. Fantastic question, Kevin. Glad you asked that. Let's go to Will in South Dakota. I was just in your state, Will. I was... Uh, I uh, shot me a lot of birds, brother. I had a great pheasant hunt out there last week. It was a good time. Thanks for calling in, man. What's your comment or question?
3: Oh yeah, happy, happy to host. That's uh, that's uh, what, what we're here for. Uh, just my, um, uh, I'd like to add uh, our proposed uh, top five most shameful uh, situations going on in the U.S. right now. At number three, Arizona. It's it's got to be a bigger deal. I mean, I, I still can't wrap my brain around the fact that. The uh, supposed winner for governor was overseeing the election herself. Yeah. And how does that work out in my head? You know, how does that work out in anybody's head? It's like, I, you know, how does that how does that go down when you can oversee an election and then it's like, oh, you win the election. Right?
2: And, and 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 had she overseen an election that was smooth and you didn't have all these problems, then people probably wouldn't question it quite as much. But when you have massive problems, worst maybe in in Arizona history. Um, And and on Election Day, where you know it's the Republicans that are voting, not the Democrats, uh, near as much, and they're getting turned away and there's all kinds of voter suppression as a result, then you're 100 percent right. We should be questioning how in the world does one of the candidates for governor get to oversee the election? And then you have this debacle that favors her, the one that's overseeing it. According to Carrie Lake, there are whistleblowers coming forward. I don't think that fight is over in Arizona. It's going to be really interesting to watch in the coming weeks. Uh, let's see if we can get another one in here. we got Ron in Tennessee. Ron, go ahead, man. What's your comment or question today? Oh, uh, this is Ron in Tennessee. How are you? Yeah, go ahead, Ron. I just had a quick comment about Mitch McConnell, which is related to Speaker Nancy Pelosi. You know, I just wanted to ask, <clears throat> can we revoke an unnaturalized citizen? I mean, if they're a, a citizen... And they're granted uh, citizenship status. You have a certain performance obligation to protect and serve this country when required. And Nancy Pelosi's um, billionaire Chinese limo driver is—is is he related to Mitch McConnell's billionaire wife? That's been—they've ha- both been handling each party's uh, affairs and being their minders for over 20 years. So, I mean, is anyone aware? that Mitch McConnell is blocking donations
3: from the GOP to the minor candidates that really need the most support, but he's giving
1: the GOP funding to the candidates that are most likely to win.
2: Yeah, I was. I would say not only the minor candidates. I mean, he shifted the money from Blake Masters, where we needed it in Arizona, to his pal Murkowski. In Alaska, where we didn't need to dump all that money in that race, we had two Repu- Let the Repu- the other Republican would have won. Uh, we would have held on to the seat in Alaska. So no question, uh, he uses that money to protect his own power. He knew he had a vote excuse me, in Murkowski, and that's why why he did that. I'm going to try to squeeze in one more call before we go, but let me just point out real quick, there was an, uh, a memory card in Georgia in the election where votes were overlooked, and when they found them, it flipped the election. Now, I understand, you may already know this, it's actually a city council election, so it's not a big, you know, governor or president race, but it's just more evidence that this voting electronically is a bad deal. We need paper ballots. The only way you're going to truly restore faith in elections is if you have paper ballots, if you have uh, absolute transparency where everybody gets to watch everything at every step of the way, and then you have a verification process with that paper ballot where if you have a close race or you have questions about whether or not things happen, that you can actually go back in and put your hands on those ballots and have a recount, and then you got to have legal remedies if either of those don't take place so folks it's we're going to get there but it's going to take a long time it's going to take a lot of work stay in the fight tomorrow we're going to talk a lot about thanksgiving and how to be thankful going into this weekend i sure appreciate you listening don't get caught up in the bad and the ugly remember the good as well god's still in charge and we got millions of patriots in this country that have not bowed their knee to bail i know you're one of them know that you're not alone thanks so much for listening to afa at the core i'm rick green america's constitution coach